if I'm going to be spending so much time in the workplace, putting 60, 80 hours a week, I might as well do something that I'm super passionate about. Thanks for joining us today as we take a look into the diverse journeys, struggles, and successes of business professionals as they give their perspectives on the impact of a business education, what they learned along the way, and where they will go. I'm Justin Zane, and this is Business and Battle. Welcome to the show. Hosting with me today are Chris and Sarah Yu, and joining us is our special guest, William Herbst, who is a UT and BHP alum from the class of 2017 with a master's in professional accounting. During his time at UT, he's been a part of the UT Nationals rugby team, co-founded Not On My Campus, and traveled to over two dozen countries. Currently, William is working as a senior analyst in the Disney Plus Originals content team. Today, we talk with him about his time at Disney, his solo backpacking trip, and his heavy involvement with Not On My Campus during his time at UT. Thanks for joining us today, William. Thanks for having me. I never thought I would be getting this call <laughs> after college. Yeah, so it's been a few years since graduation for you. So tell us a little bit about your journey since then. Well, you know, if you, if you ask me, like, how I got to this point, I never would have anticipated that back when I was in college, looking out where I would be three years out. I joined uh, the University of Texas as part of the BHP class in 2012. I wanted to be in uh, an awesome program. I guess it's now called CHB. But I wanted to be part of an awesome program that would enable me to be around a great group of students and and take advantage of the all sorts of connections that I could potentially get through the program. I still at the time when I joined, I uh, didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, but I felt like the program would enable me to kind of pursue different opportunities, no matter what my interest would be. And that same feeling continued on through most of college, which got me to pursue the MPA program because I wanted to have the um, the master's degree to my name, um, have the discipline of accounting as the my foundation to be able to try different sorts of experiences going forward, but at least I would have that as my foundation. And then from there, you know, hopefully be able to figure out where I ultimately wanted to end up. And so throughout college, I felt like I was participating in all sorts of things. I was part of Greek life. I tried rugby my freshman year tried um, participating in different sorts of internships from being part of the production of the documentary Tower to doing some accounting firms to my senior year working on the as an operations intern for a professional Frisbee team. So I really was just trying all sorts of different things throughout college, trying to find my space. And then my as part of the MPA program, uh, they really tried to promote you to go work at a uh, accounting firm internship. And so I did mine in Deloitte, Houston Tax. And uh, after I finished my internship, I realized this isn't exactly what I want to do. I, If I'm going to be spending so much time in the workplace, putting 60, 80 hours a week, I might as well do something that I'm super passionate about. And over that summer, I kind of just was looking at different opportunities, really reflecting on what I really wanted to do. And, you know, from my experience with Tower and then just figuring out what I enjoyed to do, 
Uh, I really wanted to find out if there were opportunities in sports and in uh, entertainment. And luckily, Disney came to campus um, in a program called the Accounting and Finance Rotation Program, which allows you to rotate through different parts of the company and try different things in terms of accounting or financial reporting or audit and finance. And for someone that you know wasn't necessarily sure that they wanted to do accounting, I thought this was a great opportunity for me to try different things, network with different people across the company, really find my spot that I ultimately wanted to end up in and um, see if I could pivot into something else other than accounting later on, if that ended up being the case. And so I, I got accepted by the program, which was awesome. And then uh, I ended up deferring my start date to be after, so, let's see, so graduated in May 2017. I deferred my start date to be January of 2018. Uh, and I took that in between time to go backpacking and travel around the world for a little bit for four and a half months. Went to Australia, Southeast Asia, the Pacific Islands, uh, South America, and then uh, came back to Texas and then immediately went off to California, set up a shop in LA and then was working there for two years. And then um, my program was coming to an end and I was trying to find a, an opportunity to uh, work somewhere more permanently within Disney. And you know, through my networking, I had a, a senior manager reach out to me about coming to work at Disney Plus, which was incredible because it was right before the launch, things were just starting to happen. And even when, even before I joined Disney, Disney Plus wasn't even a thing. Um, so very quickly, it became the center point of the company. And to be able to be a part of that and get an opportunity to work there was just awesome. Um, and so since December of last year, I've been working at Disney Plus. Very cool. You obviously have so much experience in so many different fields, which is amazing. Um, you mentioned a little bit about the accounting and finance rotation program. Can you just touch a little bit more on what that was like and what your biggest takeaways were? Absolutely. So it's a, it's a really cool program because you are doing four rotations, each one for six months within a different team, within a different segment. Um, so for my rotation program, I ended up going to my first rotation was with consumer products, merchandise, revenue accounting. So we were working really closely with the licensees and making sure that they were paying us what they owed based on guarantee contracts, uh, really looking at the different consumer products licenses that we had with the merchandise partners. And then my next rotation was with Studios FP&A and uh, financial reporting. And we were looking at forecasting how the studios were going to do on a quarterly basis and prepping these different management reports, and then also putting together different SEC filings as well. And then also getting a cool opportunity to forecast the performance of uh, movies over their over 10 years to assess like how well it's going to do, how much we would ultimately owe to our, um, our talent based on participation deals. So that was really cool just to be able to go see contracts and box office performances and how we thought things were gonna look for movies that we were putting out uh, for all of our studios, Marvel, Lucas, Walt Disney Picture, Pixar. So that was really cool. It was right before the Fox integration, so I didn't get to see Fox, unfortunately, but it was still a really cool opportunity. Uh, I did another six months at Sox Compliance Audit which was a little dry, but uh, I loved working there just because the people were great. 
And then uh, lastly, I worked at ABC Studios Finance and did financing and forecasting for different TV shows that ABC was putting out, not just for ABC Network, but also different TV networks like Amazon Studios or uh, CBS. And that was a really good opportunity just because it really gave me a chance to model, put it together decks. Felt like I was finally growing in the direction that I wanted to as an analyst. But overall, the program is fantastic for several reasons. Uh, one, you get to network with a ton of people across the company. It's really encouraged to reach out and meet different people. Has a strong uh, alum base since the program's been going on for 10 years. And so you have different people you can reach out to within Disney has a strong brand to it. So people who come out of that program are going to be, for the most part, uh, a senior analyst coming out of it. And then like you're able to just get opportunities in different areas of the company that you might be interested in. So there's several tracks that the program has. You can go, there's several tracks that enable you to go work at the parks. I'm not a parks person, but that opportunity is available. There's another track that allows you to go do a rotation at ESPN. So there's different elements for whatever a person may like. Disney is such a big company that they really have their foothold on a lot of entertainment spaces from parks to sports to movies and TV and now streaming. Um, so if you have something that you are interested in that space for the, the program will allow you to experience that. Yeah, that's really awesome. It sounds like you've gotten like a lot of exposure into many of the different areas. What would you say was your favorite one out of these experiences? Um, my favorite one was television finance, ABC Studios finance. You know, I it's funny because I'm definitely more of a movie person and I wasn't expecting myself to enjoy the television group as much as I did with the the movie studios, but I ended up loving it even more than the movie studios just because it really they at the time they were really operating themselves like a business that had to figure out the best way to sell stuff and from that perspective and almost like having to fund their own, figure out how the best way to fund their own shows and what's the best way to monetize those shows if you look at the the movie studio segment when any anything that has like disney marvel or lucasfilm kind of across the brand name those movies almost sell themselves um just because of the the strong brand and how much they resonate with audiences that goes to the movie theaters or at least did so still crazy but with abc studios you know you have you're making these different tv shows and you're having to try to find out where's the best place to sell it to. You know, the TV industry is kind of separated between the network aspect, the distribution aspect, and the studios aspect, and trying to figure out where's the best place to sell this to, how much are we going to spend on development to try to create new shows. There's just a lot more of a, of a combination of finance and strategy than there necessarily would have been with movie studios. And so from that perspective, I really enjoyed it. That's so cool. Did you ever get the opportunity to see behind the scenes or when they were filming and be on set? Kind of, not really. Uh, I will say like, you know, uh, on the, I mean, I'm work, when I was at ABC studios and then also at the movie studios, I was working on the lot and, you know, there would be a lot of, shoots for the shows blackish and grownish that took place there so you'd walk past those sets every day 
one of the cool perks at ABC Studios though was we worked on the ninth floor and we would always have talent come sit next or come by our office because the the waiting room lobby was literally right next to where we were. And so I would see people like Kevin Costner, Jamie Lee Curtis, Zoe Zaldana, Mila Kunis, like these different stars just literally be right next to me as I'm working, which is kind of unreal because you know throughout your life you're watching all these stars and then suddenly you're right next to them, literally working right next to them. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that definitely is crazy. Hopefully you got some uh, autographs maybe. Um, so going back a little bit, it's incredibly impressive that you backpacked to, you know, 25 countries and six continents and you came back with only $4 in your pocket. So can you share with us how you made such a trip possible and maybe what your favorite place or experience was? Oh gosh. Yeah. So I, on that backpacking trip, I ended up going to 12 countries, I think. Uh, throughout my life, I've been to like 25 countries, but um, even even um, prior to me doing that, I always had this strong aspiration to go travel and see the world. You know, for most of my life at that point, I'd been I've only stayed in Texas, hadn't really gone outside of the state that much, and but I had this burning desire to really go and explore and see different parts of the world. Um, and even when I was at UT, I did. Uh, study abroad at the London School of Economics one summer. And then I also did global microfinance brigades a couple of times where we went to Ghana and uh, Panama. But I still wanted to do at some point some big trip that enabled me to go see parts of the world that I wouldn't have otherwise gone to see and potentially go to places that I wouldn't go to later in my life. Uh, just because, you know, someday I like have a family and I don't think my family wants to go to Cambodia or something like that. Um, so with that mindset, I was trying to pinpoint, figure out what countries to really go to. And, you know, during college, some of the internships that I did, I really was doing them partly just to make more money to be able to fund my trip. And then throw in, I think Robin Hood really started becoming a thing my my last year of college too. And so I threw some money into there and made a little bit of extra cash to be able to fund the trip. So by the time I was getting ready to go, I had about $13,000 to be able to spend for this trip. And, you know, from there, I was just kind of planning out the different countries I wanted to go to. So I went to Australia. I went to Indonesia, I went to Taiwan, Singapore, Hong Kong, Thailand, Cambodia, New Zealand, a couple of random islands in the, the Pacific, like the Cook Islands, Tahiti, Easter Island, and then Chile and uh, Peru. And then uh, I made my baby back with only $4, as you mentioned. Really, it was, I mean, like, really, it was challenging in the sense to figure out you know, where and when you want to spend money. Luckily, a lot of those countries, especially in Asia and South America, are on the cheaper end versus like Australia and New Zealand, which are very expensive. So I was really just trying to find different experiences that you want to do uh, accomplish and see a lot of budgeting, a lot of planning. I plan my trip in such a way that I would have the first month and a half kind of figured out. And then if I wanted to do other things, while I was there from word of mouth or just talking to people, I would give myself like the time and, and the money to be able to try to do that. So a lot of budgeting, a lot of planning, 
really built my confidence up as well. Really put yourself in uncomfortable situations, trying to figure out how to get to certain places, being comfortable asking for help when you don't know what you're doing and sometimes doing it with people that don't even speak English. So it, it was just a great experience, really built up my confidence. What I would say was the best place, man, that's hard. I have, there were so many great places I went to. You know, I, I love Bali. I loved, I loved uh, French Polynesia. Peru is incredible. Cambodia was awesome as well. Just, I mean, I loved my whole trip, to be honest. <laughs> really hard to pick one place. Yeah, I can totally understand. All those places sound amazing. Do you have your next trip planned already? I'm waiting for COVID to go away before doing any sort of real trip right now, but I'm, I'm definitely scheming. I have, pl- I have a friend in who just moved to Dubai, so I kind of want to be able to go visit the Middle East since that's a, a region I haven't visited yet. This, this photo actually that I'm behind is actually a picture that I took from my trip that I went to right before I went to, or right before COVID happened. It's this place called the Seychelles, and it's known for these these kind of pristine beaches with these giant granite rocks, but they also have these giant dinosaur turtles, or tortoises rather. Highly recommend looking it up. It is such an unreal world there. It was a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. I also love traveling and just have the desire to travel the world. So this backpacking trip sounds like the trip of my dreams, honestly. But now revisiting your time at UT, I understand that you were one of the co-founders of UT's chapter of Not On My Campus. Can you just tell us a little bit about your experiences with the organization and why you founded it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was part of Greek life um, throughout my time at UT. And when you are in that kind of environment, naturally you kind of like see things a little bit shady from like events, parties and things like that. And, you know, at the time I was, I I would see some things happening within that, that would kind of irk me and frustrated me that they were taking place and not a lot was, and it wasn't really being talked about. It just seemed so, to me at least, it seemed so weird that it, it was happening so often, but people felt uncomfortable ever talking about it, discussing it, and it just wasn't kind of on anyone's minds or a point worth discussing. And, you know, I when I uh, started getting more involved with Interfraternity Council, I saw that as something that maybe I could help make better and do something about it and bring up the conversation, make people aware about it, kind of show people who maybe who were uncomfortable even bringing it up or talking about it, at least point in the right direction to see what resources the, the university has to offer. And so I, through, through the Interfraternity Council, I made some connections with uh, one, of, one other member of Panhellenic and then another person who felt as passionately as I did with Interfraternity Council and trying to bring up that kind of difficult conversation. And so we, we, you know, had some inspiration from a friend of mine in at SMU who started it there. And, you know, I thought, you know, given UT's brand and big name, this could be something that not only takes place here at UT, but could be something that other schools end up doing as well. And, and so from that, you know, we, we decided to start a chapter of Non on Campus at UT. 
and uh, you know, using like our our relationships with Greek life. We wanted to be in in different big organizations within UT. We wanted to really kind of bring that conversation and make people aware of it. We did several big promotions. We uh, started the big campaign of writing on my campus on our hand. And I think that blew up more than we even anticipated it would at UT. Um, We got football players involved with it. We went to different organizations, kind of talked about what we were doing and, you know, trying to just bring up that conversation and make survivors more comfortable about being able to come out and discuss what happened to them if they felt like they need, they wanted to and help them go to the right resources that UT had to offer. And so that was, that was my big passion project. That's the thing I'm most proud of at my time at UT, just to be able to help start that conversation, help bring awareness to campus and, you know, help, help other students that needed help and, bring up that difficult conversation within UT that would have otherwise just been kind of in the dark, maybe. So definitely something I'm most proud of. Yeah, for sure. It is an incredible cause and organization. But as you mentioned, it is something that is often a really difficult conversation to have. So I guess when you first uh, were in the process of starting it, what were the obstacles you had to overcome? Was there any like pushback from either people in Greek life, like your fraternity brothers or administration, just things you had to overcome in general? A lot of the things that we kind of had to overcome was how do we make this something that people want to get involved in without trying to make certain people feel like they are a scapegoat, but make kind of trying to bring the community together as opposed to some sort of crusade and, you know, burning of the state kind of thing. We, we wanted as many people from all different groups to really come together and get involved with it. So a lot of what we had to focus on early on was branding, messaging. Another aspect is we didn't want to be a group that was kind of taking away from the different organizations within the campus already, uh, such as like Voices Against Violence or some of the other groups that were available to or that are available at UT. They have a lot more experience than we ever did. And, you know, we instead of trying to be a group that was more focused towards Greek life or something like that, we wanted to partner up with them and make it so that we are also in support and we want to help bring awareness and bring up these conversations and, and not take away from what they're doing, but just build them up and offer our support anyway and learn from them and so that we can have these difficult conversations with people. And then another thing was just really working with, you know, trying to find a way to make it such that people want to participate in. You know, when we when we were trying to decide how we can really bring up a social media campaign, we were trying to decide if writing not on my campus on my hand was the right thing to do. Uh, if that if like that was actually something that was going to be effective or not. And so we we started it out, rolling it out and doing it just us. And uh, we're trying to figure out ways to really promote it and, and see if it was if, if it was something that would catch on and be powerful. So, you know, we reached out to a lot of student leaders just to see if they wanted to participate in it some football members to see if this is something that they're passionate about, if they would offer to help promote it. 
And, you know, once that started happening, I think a lot more people got involved and it kind of just had a trickle down effect from there. Um, and from that, I just feel like people started to understand what was going on and really bring awareness and really just kind of bring the community together from there. And obviously, like that sort of sexual assault obviously still happens at UT, but I feel like now it's not so much it's not something that is still in the dark. It's not something that's taboo to talk about anymore. It's now more, uh, it's now something that can be discussed and survivors can feel um, maybe a little bit more safe than they did before. Yeah, thanks for sharing. That really is something important that we need to be talking about and raising awareness for. Thank you. Now we're going to pivot on to something with brighter undertones. Um, A fun question we like to ask all of our guests is about their hot take, which is a potentially controversial opinion that they might have. So what would be your hot take? Man, yeah, I've been, I was trying to think about this, honestly. I don't, I don't know how controversial this is, but like, I was kind of like going back and forth on like two points. One's more of like a life lesson thing that I've kind of learn but one is uh the best way to grow is to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable i think that's the fastest way of growing i think way too many people in life go about doing the same sort of routines and aren't really willing to challenge themselves and i think the fastest way to kind of grow as an individual or career wise is putting yourself in situations where maybe you don't know something or maybe you're at your weakest at um, so putting yourself in a place to be comfortable being uncomfortable, I mean, I think that sort of life lesson that I've taken away is is the reason why I'm at where I'm at today, you know? So that that's one thing. I guess another hot take, like an actual hot take, is that I think everyone should go travel and go backpack for at least like a few months. In my backpacking trip, I felt like I learned so much about myself in terms of my ability to think on the fly, manage money of my own in the best way that I thought, figuring out and planning how I wanted to go about doing this and that. And then also kind of complementing the first point I made, putting yourself out there and making new friends and in countries, in places that you wouldn't have even thought of making friends and uh, connections in. So I think I learned a lot about myself. I think it's a great testimony to be able to say that you went to all these places on your own and had such an incredible experience and were able to accomplish things that most people, especially in the U.S., don't really get to do. So if you have the money and it's something that you're definitely passionate about, you know, carving a time and place to be able to do it, I think is worthwhile. I definitely agree. And I think going abroad traveling is one of the best ways to, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? So in a similar note, before we wrap up, we just want to leave our listeners with some more words of wisdom. Um, So could you share maybe what inspires you or keeps you motivated? What inspires me and keeps me motivated? I think it's a couple things. Uh, Money. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I think what keeps me inspired and motivated is that I still don't know where I'm ultimately going to end up but I want to put myself in the best position to do maybe something that I want to do once I figure it out. You know, throughout, even throughout college, I was still trying to figure out what I ultimately wanted to do. And I, some, to some extent, it is the same that way now, although like instead of being very broad, something in business to something in entertainment. 
So I feel like I've narrowed it down from that perspective. So just putting myself in a position to learn and grow, I feel like, you know, as unfortunate as this year has been, I've really invested in learning more than I have almost since college, I feel like. I'm reading a lot more books about the entertainment industry and the history and how things became the way they are and how things are structured and why and some of the key players that I didn't know were key players beforehand. So that's something that keeps me motivated and growing is the not knowing where I'm ultimately want to go yet, but at putting myself in the best position. And then secondly is like what keeps me motivated is I, I want to have some sort of lasting impact and, you know, it could either be through like a creative medium to inspire others, which I felt like I was incredibly grateful that I was able to do with not on my campus at UT, but I want to be able to continue to do things like that, uh, that inspire, or educate people. So that's an aspect or even at a personal level, continue to inspire or help people that I'm close with. Um, so that I'd say those are probably the two things that get me up in the morning. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing some of your experiences in college, in your early career, as well as some of your awesome backpacking adventures. I know after listening to this, that's, that's definitely on my bucket list. Go to at least 25 countries, you know, and yeah. have some fun and take risks and be out of my comfort zone. So thanks so much for sharing and being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to thank you all for bringing me on for this podcast. Again, like I never thought I'd be invited back to come do a podcast for my alma mater and alma mater program. I always thought that, you know, there was always people so much smarter and more successful for me for my program. But I'm, you know, incredibly grateful to be where I'm at in in my career and in my life right now and to be able to come and hopefully educate, inspire, and give some sort of advice to other students. Uh, just grateful to be have that opportunity. And, you know, I want to like personally invite y'all and whoever else is listening to this podcast to feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and talk to me, email me, whatever. I'm happy to talk to y'all. Yeah, thanks. We loved having you. Thanks for tuning in to Business Unraveled where we share not just the successes, but also the struggles of the business journey. Thank you for your support, and a special thank you to our team, Yai Ding, Sarah Ugangavelli, Nicholas Kao, and Chris Wang for the production of this episode. To stay connected with us, follow our Instagram at Business Unraveled and leave us any comments or suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.